Stories connect us as humans. A well-told story can motivate and inspire us. Storytelling is the ultimate superpower. Be The Drop is a weekly podcast that investigates how to tell stories that engage. Join me, Amelia Veal, on our shared journey to become better storytellers. In episode 296, I'm excited to be joined by Robert T, who is a storytelling consultant that shares my passion for the power of storytelling. Robert's personal mission is to help people tell their origin stories. These are the stories that define who you are and what you stand for. He shares tips to help you identify your origin story and explains why this is such an important element to help you communicate more effectively and with impact. This is Rob's version of Be The Drop. Are you starting a podcast? Narrative Marketing delivers a full range of podcast production and training options. Visit narrativemarketing.com.au or hit the link in the show notes for more details. Robert, thank you so much for joining me for our next episode of Be The Drop. Great to be here, Amelia. Thanks so much. Yes, and we we have we were talking just before. A, it's taken a little while for us to get this interview timing across the line because we had to deal with different time zones, uh, and we were just saying we can hear in your accent that you've definitely got an Irish flavour, but you're actually based in New Zealand. Is that right? Correct. I've been uh, living in New Zealand for twenty years now, but yeah, originally from Ireland, from the from the west of Ireland, from a place called Galway. So, um, but yeah, New Zealand's definitely home now. So uh, it's, a, it's a pretty yeah. cool part of the world to be based in. And it's interesting because I think both Ireland and New Zealand have got some fabulous storytellers and history of storytelling. So I think that's quite fitting that today we're going to dive into the impact of story But um, and you've got a, a good take on origin story. But before we get to that, so that's a little teaser, listeners will just have to wait because we are going to dive into that. I just wanted to get to know you a little bit by if you could share with us a story or a pivotal moment or life moment that's really got you onto this path you are now that really was that maybe the aha around this origin story aspect, like something that you can share with us that's, you know, been pivotal in this journey. Yeah, sure. You, you mentioned the Irish um, having a reputation for being great storytellers. I'm embarrassed to say that I think I missed out on that gene. <laughs> I, I, I don't think I'm the best storyteller in my family. You know, my wife finishes most of my stories for me because she knows I'll, I'll stuff them up. But what I think I did get was the story finder gene. I think I've got a real ability to help other people um, find and tell their stories. And I've been doing that for, you know, 20 years as a, as a freelance journalist. I started out as a sports writer, loved that job. I got to work with, you know, most of the leading newspapers and magazines in New Zealand and some in Ireland, some in Australia. And um, for five years, I worked with Red Bull. I edited uh, their magazine called The Red Bulletin, which is a global adventure lifestyle sport, you know, extreme sports magazine. And that was an incredible opportunity to see how a global brand like Red Bull uses stories to sell sugar water, basically. Mm. And... Uh, when that magazine folded, this was back in around about 2015, when that magazine folded in New Zealand, I kind of saw the writing on the wall for journalism, ex excuse the pun, you know, I, and I kind of, <laughs> I really kind of worried about my future as a journalist. Um, but luckily for me, back in 2015, one of the last feature articles I wrote for the Red Bulletin was about a, a guy called Tony Quinn. 
Um, and some Australian um, listeners may be familiar with Tony. He's a Scottish Australian entrepreneur who made a f made a fortune selling VIP pet food in Australia. And he spent some of his millions uh, on motorsport in New Zealand. He's a passionate motorsport um, a man as well as well as being a fan he's a really quite an accomplished driver himself so i went down to see this this racetrack that he built in the middle of nowhere in the south island of new zealand he spent 30 million on this racetrack and it's absolutely <laughs> stunning and uh, hung out with him for the weekend and, and basically told his story and while we were getting to know each other he told me that he was trying to write a book that he was trying to write his life story he also told me that he'd already fired two writers um, because they didn't click with him and they didn't get him. But um, I think the Irish-Scottish connection helped. So I put up my hand and I offered to be the ghostwriter for his, his life story. And I'm so glad that I did because that was a real life changer for me. Um, because working with Tony on his story opened my eyes to the fact that entrepreneurs you know, share a lot of the same qualities and attributes as the sports people that I loved writing about. And so my focus shifted from, you know, writing about sport to helping businesses and business leaders tell better stories. And that essentially was how I got started down this origin story path. You know, the origin story is essentially a distilled version of somebody's life story that they can use in a professional capacity. Mm, oh, wow, there is so many elements of that story that I love uh, and it leads so nicely into, you know, what I wanted to dive into is this origin story, you know, because so often you'll go to a business um, website, for example, and they'll have a page that says about us and it may be like a historical summary. So we were founded in, you know, 1975 and, and then we did this and then we got some new offices and we moved to some offices offices and then we had some more people and um, which is a nice historical record but if I'm looking to engage with a company and I want to know about them I'm not looking for their historical record I want to know how I match what I fit with as their journey so this origin story I'm really interested what you describe that is and why you believe that's so important sure uh, for me it's all about um reflecting on your past to get a better understanding of who you are now. So that's whether you're the founder or owner of a company, whether you're a C-suite executive, you know, leading a team. It's all about mining your past and translating, I suppose, the key turning points in your life, you know, the wins and the losses, the, the failures and the successes, translating them into stories that you can share with, um, you know, potential customers, that you can share with your stakeholders, that you can share internally with your team. Essentially, for me, the origin story helps distill your business philosophy, your values and your purpose into, you know, into a message that helps people understand what makes you tick. You know, it essentially answers, answers those questions like, you know, who you are, where have you come from and why do you do what you do? It's that classic Simon Sinek. Why, why do you do what you do? And it's not um, something that probably all um, companies are owners or founders will resonate with a lot of owners and uh, founders maybe don't see the need to you know share their own personal story they, they might be in the widget business they might make really good widgets and all they care about is the fact that the you know people are buying those widgets and and so why why should they share their personal story but for me and particularly now more so than ever if you're in any kind of people based business um, then i think the the more kind of authentic you can be in terms of you know i suppose 
staking a claim and saying this is me and this is why I'm so passionate about what I do then the origin story is a really valuable tool to help you get that across and to help you stand out from your competitors because as you talked about websites if you look at like websites in, in a particular industry most of them will use variations on the same words or the same jargon you know they're essentially carbon copies of each other but you know the only thing that your competitors can steal from you is your story right it's uniquely mm. yours you know so it's exclusive to you so that's for me is the power of the origin story mm. and then you know coming closing that loop what is your experience of the difference in impact in telling an origin story that's that's going to engage and show more of your um, personality and passion as opposed to just something that's m more factual, historical? What do you think is the difference? Why is that valuable to, to be brave? Like why should people take that risk? Like if they're afraid of bearing their story, why do you think they should? Well, fear is fear is a big factor to over, overcome. And we might talk about that a bit later on. But in terms of the impact, I mean, I'm not going to go into the neuroscience. There's lots of other kind of storytelling writers who've done that. And there's some great resources out there in terms of the neuroscience behind this. But people just crave stories, you know, whether that's on LinkedIn or Facebook or, you know, if they're trying to make a decision, they're moved more by stories than, than by facts and, and by data. Um, to give you an example, I worked with a client recently. He's, a, he's got a consultancy in the kind of sponsorship and partnerships um, space. And so his website, his, his LinkedIn profile was very professional and talked about his experience working as a sponsorship manager for different corporates. But when we talked to him about it, when I talked to him about his origin story, he told me this wonderful story about a, a job he had in his 20s where he worked as a, a football agent for English um, football clubs. And one of his clients was David Beckham. So he had this great story about working with David Beckham and picking up David and Posh Spice, Victoria Beckham from their house one day and how, you know, he had to massage the ego of his, you know, of his clients, including David Beckham and Victoria Beckham. And it was just this great story that kind of really highlighted his um, his ability to manage kind of um, clients and to manage partnerships and to manage relationships. So we turned that into a story for him on LinkedIn and where previously his posts were getting, you know, a couple of likes and a couple of comments. This one post, you know, um, exploded. He had something close to 100 likes and 100 comments. Um, got a whole a lot of new leads from it and it just really opened so many doors for him. And and. You know, obviously not all of us are going to have a story like that. Not all of us are going to have worked with a David Beckham. But I'm convinced if we if we reflect on our career, if we reflect on our life, we will have kind of meaningful stories that if they're meaningful to you, they'll be meaningful to your audience as well. It's hard for people to see their own story, which I think is a really interesting barrier. Um, and I wonder if it's built into this, the tall poppy syndrome and, you know, you know, we're sort of trained in a way or like through our current education styles, we're almost trained in a way to not, you know, not really connect with and tap into our own stories or not see ourselves as such a central character and then not give ourselves permission to use that as an analogy, as a tool, as a, a teaching mechanism to give context that is a visualised, which I think is so powerful, but we've almost been trained not to do it. Yeah, again, I'm sure there's some clever neuroscientists out there who can explain this, the fear factor that comes with putting yourself out there and the whole tall poppy syndrome. But it's very real. I mean, I, as I said, I worked as a journalist for 15, 15, 20 years. I still work as a journalist um, occasionally, but 
Um, when I started posting on LinkedIn to help build the business that I do now, I was terrified. You know, I'd been used to seeing my own words in print for 15 years before I started writing my own thoughts and opinions, if you like, on LinkedIn. But it's very different hiding behind a byline and hiding behind somebody else's story than putting yourself out there. Right. Mm. So there is that fear factor. And I, I think you have to kind of let go of the outcome to a certain extent. I mean, like I was I remember being worried about what my schoolmates back in Ireland would think of something I posted. And I haven't seen most of them for 30 years. You know, it was ridiculous. <laughs> what does it the matter? Things, yeah, the things you the things you're worried about. Yeah. Um, but that vulnerability thing is a really interesting one as well. I, I think maybe that does put some people off that they see kind of stories on social media, or whatever, and they think they have to be vulnerable. I'm not a big fan of kind of oversharing. You know, I, I really think, you know, sympathy shouldn't be a storytelling tactic. You know that, that and I really you're, you're looking for people to empathize with you and you know using stuff like humor and self-deprecation and humility are really really important but yeah i'm very wary of oversharing and that's something i see a, a little bit of and i'm seeing a lot, a lot more of recently so i think you've really got to trust your gut when it comes to what stories you tell and what stories you share you know yeah and that's such an interesting point and i know i've got there a question around sharing stories on different platforms um which i sort of had a different question but you know as you're talking i'm thinking about that this overshare because i believe that in our current social media landscape there has almost been an encouragement of overshare so we're being told to share stories so then if people are embracing that but it is and then it is about the nuance and the balance of getting that right and then where to share what so it can be quite overwhelming what are your thoughts around that yeah i guess if you're unsure of whether a story is being too vulnerable or not or if it, i think the first thing to ask is is there a point to this story is there a business point to the story if not then why are you sharing it right um, secondly, if you're unsure of whether the story is being too vulnerable or not, or a bit too icky, then share it with somebody you trust, share it with a, a friend who's, who's likely to give you honest feedback before you, you know, put it out in the world. I don't know if this is an appropriate story or not, but I, I saw a post on LinkedIn recently. This guy was talking about his battle with testicular cancer. And, you know, I've nothing wrong with somebody sharing a story about an uplifting battle with testicular cancer. But he talked in detail about, you know, finding a pimple on his testicle. He, he posted a picture with the letter R um, stenciled on his stomach to remind the surgeon which testicle he needed to lop off. It was horrific. And it was just an, a, a very good example of oversharing. I just didn't need to see that. And I had no business point whatsoever. So I, I think definitely um, in terms of kind of thinking things through, first of all, ask yourself, has it got a business point? And two, would I share this? with my friends mm, yeah and I think that is really interesting because I think in some context there could be a great power to a share a, a, as you say a, you know a story of cancer and get you know be checked early and that sort of thing but that then comes back to exactly what you're saying the point of the story but also I think the extension of that is is there a point of relevance to the people that will listen to it you know that you're talking to Exactly. The relevance to your audience, because that's another thing you want to be consistent in terms of the, the stories that you're telling to your audience. Um, and, and they say that repetition is key. You know, if you're trying to get a message across, you want to be, you know, repeating the same message, I suppose, in different ways. And, and that's, again, the power of stories, because you can wrap a story around the same point and, 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 and you, know, you know, make essentially the same point in four or five different ways using four or five different stories. So that's, the, again, the beauty of your origin story, because, you know, uh, with the origin story process, 
I take people through different stages of their lives to try and identify, I suppose, uh, to build up a small library of stories that they can use and they can pick and choose from depending on when, when and where they need it. Mm, absolutely. And so then with that, extending on, you know, sharing on different platforms and having a library of different stories, would you recommend that people like sort of deliver stories differently on say Facebook as, as opposed to LinkedIn? Is there variations and iterations that they need in that, you know, their, their library stock of stories? Yeah, I'm probably the worst person to ask that question um, because I don't, <laughs> LinkedIn is the only platform that I use myself personally. And for most of my clients who tend to be business owners or business leaders, it's the natural fit for them as well. So yeah, I, I think in terms of answering that question, I think the same rules generally apply, you know, don't overshare, be vulnerable, but not too vulnerable, but, you know, ultimately be real and be consistent in your, in your messaging. And as you said, probably most crucially of all, think about your audience, you know, who, mm. who, who's going to be reading this? Who do you want to read this? And what, yeah. impact, what impact do you want them to, do you, do you want it to have? What action do you want them to take after, after reading your story or hearing your story? And I think, interestingly, your answer actually provides an answer to a question that I didn't ask, which is, and you're like, I use LinkedIn. It's where my customers are. It's where I have my conversations. So really, part of that answer is just because there's so many platforms doesn't mean you need to share your stories across them all. Yeah, correct, correct. And and I think you talked about, um, you mentioned the word conversation there. There's a really great uh, content creator on LinkedIn called, uh, his name is Jeremy Connell Waite. He's IBM's head of story, I think, or, or something like that. And he makes these wonderful videos that are just, he, he describes it, um, he describes his content creation process as like having a conversation with your audience. And I love that notion. It, and it feels exactly like that. It feels like he's just having a conversation with you and dropping in these stories that, you know, just, just work really really well because it because it feels like that because that's what we do when we're chatting to our friends we're sharing mm. stories all the time right so that's essentially um what he does and he's well worth checking out for anybody interested in and, and he he digs deep into the whole science behind storytelling and and, uh, and all of that so he's well worth a follow for anybody interested in this space mm, fantastic so for you in your journey you know moving transitioning from journalism into running your own business which is a variation of journalism because you're still in that story seeking space but what has been the greatest tool that helped you in that transition or tool or or thing that helped you most yeah, I, uh, I think it's, it's a very boring one, but it's a Google document that I started creating back when I was a writer and basically there were no other kind of fancy note taking apps or anything like that available. So I just started highlighting and cutting and pasting quotes or little stories, little snippets from articles and books that I'd read. And now that that's up to about 80,000 words and it's just I kind of have it divided into like different categories. So I'll have like um, quotes on, on writing and quotes on storytelling, quotes on books and reading and all sorts. And that's so, um, so valuable because when you sit down to write a story, right, you need some raw materials. You need some you need something to start with. You need a, a starting point. And, and obviously what we're talking about here is your origin story. And that's the ultimate kind of starting point. You know, start by interrogating yourself, start by kind of identifying stories from your life that are that are meaningful to you and um, relate back to your business. But if you can weave those kind of stories in with quotes from 
industry experts with little snippets from um, books that you've read. It just creates a much more interesting um, post or article or whatever it might be. So yeah, as I say, I, I think if you haven't, uh, if you're not doing that already, start just open a Google document and start collecting the raw materials that you need to tell better stories and start by interrogating yourself, you know, who, who you are, where you've come from and the highs and lows of your journey so far. Yeah, I think that's such great advice. I have book versions of them and it's not quite as useful as a Google Doc, but I I love, I have a love of the physical act of writing. So, and I still do that, even though I know a Google Doc would be much more efficient. And the problem is I've got stacks of journal notebooks that I've written and I can't find, because you can't Google search, like you can't do your document search through your handwritten stuff. So I recommend your version of it much more. <laughs> but I love that act of writing and recording it and referencing things. It's so important, you know, bringing because I think it adds depth. You're saying give your, your own personal context, but give it a broader context as well, connected in with other thoughts. And I think that's how we, we give our stories a lot of weight. Now, Robert, I feel like we could talk about storytelling for ages, but um, I will bring it to an end though, but I'd like to finish and conclude with your be the drop tip. So that's your top tip for communication that motivates and inspires. What would that be? I think I'll go back to the the fear topic that we discussed earlier because it's it's I think it's probably the one thing that stops a lot of people from sharing their stories is overcoming that fear factor, um, and I think there's a few things you can do to try and overcome it. Is you know start small by you know commenting on other people's posts, you know add something to the conversation, tell a short little story that is relevant to so something that 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 somebody else has posted, and 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 see what the reaction is. And it's a really really simple way to start. Um, I think another way of, of kind of getting more comfortable with sharing stories and revealing a little bit of your personality is by using pop culture references. I love pop culture references in, in stories, you know, whether that's, you know, your favorite music, movies, books, TV, whatever it is, you know, start start kind of thinking about how those um, things that are an important part of your life again how can you relate them back to your work and what you do and uh, tell a little story around that and that's again it's it's probably it means you have to be less vulnerable because you're just telling a story about your passion for whatever it might be you know indie pop or um you know movies uh, you know from the the 1960s or whatever it might be but but think about that um and the only um, other kind of piece of advice I have is to really overcome your fear of sharing stories is you have to try and get in the, like anything, you have to get in the habit of doing it regularly. So you have to get in the habit of commenting regularly and, and, and trying to post a, a personal story um, quite regularly. And uh, as, I, as I mentioned earlier, this whole notion of fear and this whole notion of putting themselves, putting ourselves out there, like it's not new. Um, there's that great... Um, the great book by Susan Cain about the uh, the power of introverts, I think it is, in a world that can't stop talking. And she tells this story in the book about Charles Darwin. And uh, she said that, you know, people have always had to put themselves out there. You know, we tend to think that in the good old days that no one had to self-promote the way that we do today. But she talks about Darwin and she said that he waited 34 years to publish his idea that humans and, mon and monkeys evolved from a common ancestor. And, and scholars now call this Darwin's delay. 
So, I mean, if you think about whatever you post is unlikely to be as controversial or as groundbreaking as Darwin's theory of evolution. So why wait, why wait 34 years before publishing what's on your mind? I think that's the key takeaway is, you know, feel yeah. the fear and, and, and tell your stories anyways, because um, they're just such a powerful way of connecting with new people and, uh, and with helping you build a brand and build a business. Oh, fantastic. I love that. What a, a a lovely way to finish with so much great advice. You know, do do it anyway and don't do a Darwin. <laughs> exactly, don't do a Darwin. <laughs> well, then, you know, but Setfree did come up with some good content. So. <laughs> he did, he did. Well, thank you so much, Robert. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much, Amelia. Thanks for joining me for another episode of Be The Drop. Don't forget to subscribe in order to ensure you never miss out on one of our weekly episodes. Be The Drop is produced by Narrative Marketing, where we believe that stories connect individuals and that powerful storytelling can positively impact the world. To unleash your storytelling superpower, visit narrativemarketing.com.au or check out our social links in the show notes. To contact me directly with any specific comments you have, you can email me via amelia at narrativemarketing.com.au. And don't forget that whilst a task or challenge may seem overwhelming, a waterfall begins with one drop and look what comes from that. This is a Narrative Network podcast.